Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Navigating Life Abroad podcast. I am your host, Ashley Liliana. As we know, life does not stop when you move or live abroad. This podcast is a space where we can come together to share our advice, experiences, and stories as we navigate life abroad. Today's episode is with Flavia, the creator behind Latina Traveler. Flavia shares all things solo travel, but in today's episode, she talks about her time living abroad in Barcelona. She lived in Barcelona for about three years, and in our conversation, she shares her vast experience and knowledge about navigating life in Barcelona. She also has a Barcelona guide called Off the Beaten Path. So whether you're moving to Barcelona or traveling there, make sure to grab her guide. The link will be in the description. Flavia, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited for you to be here uh, on episode, I think you're episode six of the podcast, which I'm super excited for. For anyone who is listening, we actually met, we didn't really meet, but I saw or came across your Instagram account when, during the pandemic actually, and I was super inspired by like Latina creators who were traveling because that's obviously what I love to do. And we have like a little connection in the sense that the reason why I'm not like living in Spain, because I've always wanted to live in Spain, but living specifically in Barcelona, which is going to be the topic of today's episode, the master's program that you shared in one of your posts that inspired me, intrigued me. And here we are like a year later now recording this podcast. So it's kind of nice how life kind of works. And it's like a little full circle moment. So Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you, Ashley. No, I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited that you started this. I think it's amazing that these conversations are being had. And I think this is a great platform to have them. So thank you for inviting me to be here. And I'm excited to talk about this. Awesome. So just a little background. You lived in Barcelona for three years, correct? Mm -hmm. And in that time, you got two master's programs. So we're talking to some, not just one, but two, which is really, (laughs) I mean, come on now. Not everybody can say they have two masters. And you did it abroad, which is like an extra layer, I think, to it. I wanted to really focus on this episode on your life abroad in Barcelona. Even though I'm living here, and yes, like I could speak on it, I've only experienced like nine months at most, it's going to be like 10 or 11 months, my experience here. But I think three years is it's a commitment. And you lived here through a pandemic, through two master's programs. And so I really want to see and get your perspective on this experience or just the city in general, as opposed to just like my really short, I think, compared to yours uh, experience and insight. So if we could maybe like break it down into year one, year two, year three, and just kind of start with year one and a little bit of why did you come to Barcelona? Was it the master's? Was it something else? And then what was that first year like? Yeah, so I think my relationship with Barcelona even precedes me actually going there to like do this master's program. So even when I was in high school, like it starts in high school, (laughs) I wanted to, or I thought about doing my whole four years abroad. And I was between doing it in Puerto Rico, in Spain, or New York because I grew up really close to it. Um, And I'd never been to Puerto Rico or Spain. And I thought that I would just like it. Barcelona, for some reason, I'd never been. I'd only heard about it, seen photos and everything. And I felt like I would just like it. In the end, I did New York, so that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. After my first year of college, I did do like a two-week study abroad type course that was in Barcelona. So that was my first time visiting. And then since then, up until 2019 that I actually moved, I did visit like maybe a handful of times more. 
in April of 2019, which was like about five months before I actually did apply to the master's program or actually start the master's program. I visited, I was in Morocco with some friends and then we did Southern Spain. And then I have a cousin that lives in Barcelona. So I went to visit her. So while I was there, we were walking around Plaza Universita and I thought the, the, like the building looks so beautiful. And I was like, I want to go here. And I was telling my cousin, we were just walking around and I was like, I want to go here. Like, I want to go here. <laughs> like, so um, I actually, when I went back home to New Jersey, I started looking up like different programs that I could do at the time I was working with a mental health organization in New Jersey. So I was like, you know, I was considering already and was applied to uh applied and was accepted to Rutgers University Master of Social Work. So I was like, well, what if I just do it in Barcelona instead? So I started looking at that, but then I did see if I did go that route, I wouldn't have been able to actually practice social work in the US. Like it would only be for Spain. So I was like, what other things do I like? Tourism, travel. Okay, let's start there. So I found um, a master's program with that same university in tourism. And so I applied to that literally within weeks of like the application deadline in June. Had to find my paperwork. Um, it was it was honestly a mess. I feel like that could be a whole conversation. We'll get into all that. <laughs> but I did make it to Spain to start that program in September of 2019. And I think um, so. This was still pre-pandemic, so things were still normal, and it was just bust bustling life of Barcelona that I've always like seen when I would go and everything. But of course studying and like living there um it, it is a little different as you said it is different I did go with the intention of only doing that one program and then leaving when I first arrived I had no intention of like loving it as much or yeah. wanting to stay I was like you know I'll just do this one program because I wanted to always be there for an extended period of time and this will be a great opportunity to do that for sure so I arrived I would like start doing my classes I did think that there was going to be maybe more Spaniards or Catalans in my class it was actually mm -hmm. maybe about 85 percent international wow. and the majority of that actually came from China so I met a lot of people from China and I learned more about Chinese culture <laughs> in Spain than I ever thought I would that's amazing <laughs> yeah I think one of the things when it came to that was like the few Spaniards that were in the class like they were friendly and everything like that but it was never friendly to the point of like okay let's hang out and do things outside of like class time and I I had kind of been hoping to meet people that were from the area to learn more about the actual culture and things like that. But I do also get that people had their lives, especially people that lived and grew up there and everything. So they had their lives there already. They had their friends. They probably weren't looking for more. They were just doing this program and continuing with their lives. So I guess in that way, it was kind of hard to really immerse myself in what would be the Spaniard or Catalan culture. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, and even up until when I left, I really didn't meet too many like Spaniards that I would be like, yeah, we're friends and right. we'll hang out when I go back. It, it was always just people that were from either the US or Latin America or other parts of Europe, just not Spain, unfortunately. So it was hard to do that. I actually also, before going, didn't even know we needed a NIA number or, or a THEA number and, and to get the card. I literally found out about all of these things once <laughs> I was already there and had to start that process. I was so lost. There, like my university never told me that I had to do any of these things. Like there was no guidance in that sense so I was very and it was very frustrating because it was almost impossible up until now I think to get an appointment it's so you have yep. to do it like 
at like eight in the morning, right on the dot. Like it was just exactly crazy. Like it just didn't make any sense. And I'm like, but it's, we're supposed to be more advanced here, right? Like that was definitely some shock because Mm -hmm. obviously in the U.S., I don't have to do that. You know, I just, right. I'm there. I live there. <laughs> it was just so much simpler. So for sure. I definitely, yeah. I, oh God, I remember those days. I mean, it was only a couple of months ago, but I like, knew you had to like do something, but all the information that I got was very, it was just all different. And so like, I didn't know exactly what I was supposed to do. And there were like so many steps just to get this one piece of paper to get this, uh, the TIA, I believe, like the identity card. And I, that was a headache. I that could be like a whole separate video and conversation of like how to because it was messy. It was oh, scary. Um, I got yelled at a few times in the consulate in New York. Here, I mean, it was <laughs> it was not fun. But something yeah. that you mentioned as well about you know something that I noticed in my experience here, and it's only been again like just nine months, is there are uh, my program, well, the program that you also did, but it's a lot less people, but it's about 50-50 more or less. It's about 50% people from Latin America or just from the US. And the other, I guess, half would be people who are from the Catalonia area or just like a neighboring kind of um, city here. But I wouldn't, and they're lovely and nice people and we like chat during class and things, but I don't have that same connection, I would say, with other people who are from Latin America. I think it's a little bit different. And I wonder how much of that is when you're like from that city, you know that these people potentially are coming and then potentially leaving. And maybe it's more of like an emotional investment of not wanting to invest emotionally and get too attached to someone who's going to end up just leaving after the program ends or after a year. And it's like, no one likes to say goodbye. No one ever wants to like feel sad about their friend leaving. And I wonder how much of it is that or the culture itself of maybe not being so open? I think it could be a mix of both because mm-hmm. there's definitely some people that I knew from the beginning that, yeah, they were only going to be around for, I mean, I'm still talking about my first program, so they were only yeah. there for like that program and stuff. But I kind of like to think about it where, yes, goodbye suck. And I don't mm-hmm. like saying that. I like saying, see you later. See you yeah. soon. <laughs> also, now there's people that you know in different places of the world so it's been great to then have an opportunity later on in life to be able to see them somewhere else whether it is maybe their home country or we happen to be going to the same place at the same time and we can meet up there so unfortunately yeah like when you're kind of moving around a lot it is hard to sometimes create that base of friends especially in in a city like Barcelona where people are moving around so much but I'm grateful that by year two year three I did make a lot more closer friends and I did have like that sense of community that I had been longing for to have there as well that's awesome I'm going to touch on that in one second because that was one of my questions that I wanted to (laughs) discuss so I think it's one of the fears that people have in terms of moving abroad Mm -hmm. it's like I'm leaving my support system back and I have to create a whole new one. Before that, was there anything in specifically about maybe the Catalan culture that was shocking or difficult for you? Maybe it could have been like the language or food. Like I have a few small little ones like that, that you wouldn't think maybe are like the culture shock, but they were something that for me was, I noticed that I had difficulty or was difficult to kind of let go of my old ways and kind of like Mm -hmm. immerse myself here. Yeah. So I think that Catalan people are very proud people in terms of like their culture, their language, and everything like that, which I think it's great that they hold on to that even now being part of Spain, and they still feel very different from Spain. They're like, we're not Spaniards, we're Catalan. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they feel very proud in like their history and everything like that, that they don't want to lose that. So 
I don't know if you've actually been there while there have been certain protests. When I first arrived, there were some protests that my like school closed down for two weeks because there were actually protests, fires in the street and everything. And I had heard that that was actually the first time that's really happened when there have been protests are not violent and they, a lot of people um, feel that it, there were infiltrators into okay. their protests and trying to make it seem way worse than it actually normally is. So that is something that I have heard that normally it is more peaceful. So I, I think like when it comes to culture shocks with that, I think because I'd also heard a lot that Spaniards are also very open and friendly, like Latin, people in Latin America, mm -hmm. I was kind of thinking that things were going to be similar in that way. And I very quickly learned that that is not the case. Like they can be nice and cordial, but it won't really go more than that unless you tend to know them a little better. But I think it might be a mix of things because they're trying to preserve a history and a culture and a language that Spain for the most part is trying to erase. Like mm -hmm. they are already in their comfort zone and they don't really need to go out of that because they have their friends and family that they've known their whole lives. So I think it could be a mix of that. Barcelona in general suffers from a case of over tourism so it could be also like they're just tired of having so many people come here and hike up their rents and all of these different things that we don't really talk about when it comes to traveling and tourism that maybe should be talked about a little bit more so yeah I, more of those aspects more of like that social aspect that I did notice that I hadn't expected to like get hit with so like abruptly that yeah that did shock me <laughs> that's actually a really good word for it because I obviously knew that they spoke Catalan here and I like understood those things but I in my own ignorance didn't obviously do my research or I don't really I don't think a lot of people really realize it or talk about it necessarily until you live here so I think that if you come here for like a week or a couple of days unless you read the news or like an avid reader international news you might know these things but otherwise you probably really don't have an idea of like that sense of pride that they have and I think it's a really beautiful thing to like wanting to preserve and they have their language they speak Catalan here they learn it from a young age which I think is really beautiful but it is that it's very abrupt and it could be a slap in the face and I remember there was like one incident where I had said like oh I'm living in Spain and it was very quickly to be corrected that I am not in Spain that I am in Barcelona and so being mindful of that and like having that kind of conscious like effort of being like I'm in Barcelona even like in my bio like I would not put that I'm in Spain I would put that I'm living in Barcelona as opposed to Spain just to be respectful of that but that is something that was definitely a shock to me as as well I wanted to talk a little bit now about you mentioned like building your community and, and having that I think like I had mentioned something or some fears that people have besides like you know the loneliness part of it is also like making friends and finding their community and what was that like for you did you feel like you kind of found a community fairly easy did it take some time when did you feel like you were like okay like I have my group of friends my community here in Barcelona yeah so uh, as I mentioned when I first arrived and my cousin still lives there I have cousin that lives there which honestly helps a lot um I've known her my whole life and now she has her family there and everything so it was great to have in a way like that anchor where I knew that if I was feeling lonely or if I needed you know something that reminded me of home or you know just family in general like I did have her there which I think definitely helped a lot and I know that not everyone would have that same um opportunity to have somebody that they know so well there For sure. uh, so that was a little different in that case but then also I joined Facebook groups I joined a lot of Facebook groups like Latinas in Barcelona I think gone girls gone international Barcelona anything like Barcelona edition and particularly women because I just wanted to meet more 
friends and for sure female friends so <laughs> I joined those groups and I think maybe within a week or so of joining it so maybe two or three weeks uh, after my arrival I met who the person who later became my roommate for the next two years and we just hit it off we met one day we were like okay let's meet for a bit she actually taught me a lot of different things regarding Barcelona and like culture and things like that that I didn't fully know really either because she had already been living there for close to two years at that point mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, we met over uh, a Bermud and we just hit it off. We actually at first didn't know that the other spoke English. We thought we only spoke <laughs> Spanish. So we were just speaking to each other in Spanish, which was fine. Her family is um, originally from Mexico, but she grew up in Chicago and mine is originally from Peru and I grew up in New Jersey. So once we found that out, we just switched. And uh, yeah, and then we actually ended up going out that night till about three or four in the morning, which was unexpected because we were supposed to meet for one Bermud. But it was great because we just clicked so well that yeah. From there, we just, you know, would hang out and everything like that. And I think when it comes to making friends abroad and everything, you really have to be honest with yourself about your personality because there are some people that are very much uh, extroverts and that need to be around groups of people and are easily able to go out and just make friends quickly. And for them, that works. I am more of an introvert. I like that one-on-one -on -one time with people really getting yeah. that type of connection with someone to really be able to feel like, okay, this is my friend. Like I can hang out with them. I can maybe confide in them, especially when you're in a place that you don't know people and you're looking for that type of connection. Right. So I think like going out like with her one-on-one, -on -one, it really helps. And then like from there on, a lot of times we would do that she already had some friends that lived there just because she had been there longer so i would join in on that sometimes as well um but i definitely noticed that when i'm with a group of people my personality can be very different than when i'm with one person <laughs> yeah <laughs> and especially when it's like a group of people i just don't know well so then there's like that kind of trust barrier that mm -hmm. just comes up for me in general like i just want to feel that i'm in a safe Space for myself to be able to fully be myself so I think just figuring out what type of person you are what type of personality you have and being okay with it I think for the longest time I just felt like that being considered an introvert was just like oh you're antisocial or things like that but no I'm actually very social but I just, I just choose who to be social with I think knowing yourself that little bit more or trying to do that inner work before you're going to be going abroad will help you a lot in how you're going to go about making friends I love that you said that because I struggled with that for most of my like early travels when my first move abroad to Chile so I think also like in the process of making friends and just in general living abroad, there's like definitely parts of the experience where you're going to experience loneliness. And what was that like for you and how did you kind of deal with it essentially? Yeah, that's that's a rough one, I think. Yeah. Um, I think like, so I like being alone sometimes mm -hmm. but of course there's such a difference between being alone and then feeling lonely yeah where that's why I would put myself sometimes maybe in like certain situations where I maybe wouldn't have done so if I didn't feel lonely unfortunately mm -hmm. and I think that came down more to like the dating part because when I was in when I first arrived to Barcelona I wasn't in a relationship or anything I wasn't talking with anyone so um and I had been in a seven year relationship prior to that. So there is also like, I guess for me, maybe that extra layer where I also used to be in a relationship mm -hmm. and things like that. And when you meet people, it, that's not like the first thing that they're thinking like, oh my God, okay, right. like, yeah, we're just gonna be in a relationship. 
So getting back to dating for me was difficult. And then trying to date in a country that I didn't really know the people that well or the culture and things like that, I think at times may have added to my loneliness. Mm. Um, But I did try things like journaling, which I do enjoy doing. I did just try and reach out more to family or more to friends Mm -hmm. to try and remind myself that just because I may be physically alone right now or feeling alone or lonely that I'm not alone in this world like there are still people that care about me that I care about them and stuff and I'm choosing to be here so if I really wanted to I could leave it's not like I need to be here and that the world is telling me that this is where I have to be but I think also with that comes the part of like not wanting to feel like a failure where you're Mm -hmm. just like I chose to be here but now what I'm going to maybe leave because I feel lonely but then people are going to just think I'm a failure and I couldn't do it so (laughs) it's like a lot of mixed things at the same time that I think one could feel but I think it's just still I think it just goes back to also being honest with yourself like being like is this really what you want like Mm -hmm. do I want to be here do I want to stick it out and see what happens because at first things are going to be hard like I think maybe the first couple of weeks are easy because it's like brand new and it's like you're seeing it from a different perspective and everything like that but then there's like kind of like that low a little bit after that if you feel like you haven't made those connections that you wanted Mm -hmm. to or or had those experiences that you wanted to continue having because when you're living somewhere it's so different than when you're visiting because you're going to actually have to <laughs> go to the grocery store okay. um do things that you wouldn't do when you're just on a short visit what year did you feel like you found your rhythm in terms of like just living here in Barcelona your friends like at an emotional level yeah so I would definitely say in 2020 okay. <laughs> actually yeah so because I arrived in 2019 and then my program was set to end in like April, May of 2020. Um, but of course, the pandemic had already started. So I ended up going back to the US in March of that year. And I was in the US for about six months. I was still working on my classes that I still had. I was working on my thesis. I found a remote job that I could do. Like I was doing a lot of things, even though that was like people's rest time in a way. I was like, yeah. I didn't stop. And that's when I had my idea to like start or totally revamp and rebrand my Instagram Mm -hmm. and like start the blog and everything like that. So like a lot of things kind of happened during that time. But then I actually went back to Barcelona in September of 2020. I originally went back for a couple of reasons. One, because I felt like I didn't have enough time there and I wanted to spend more time there. Okay. And two, because I had read and learned different things where after three years of being a student, then you can apply for residency and things like that. And I was like, I think that's the route I want to go. Mm-hmm. And I actually applied and was accepted to an international relations pro- uh, master's program. So I actually started that before I switched over to the other program. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a part-time uh, option. So it would have been two years, which would have been great. because then that's the mm-hmm. three years I wanted and needed. And then I would have really seen if that's where I wanted to be and where I wanted to live. So when I went back, that was when my friend and I, we actually moved in together in September of 2020. And so she was starting an MBA and I was starting my program. So I was meeting new people at my program. She was meeting people there. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just like, you know, I would meet her friends as well. She would meet mine. And then we just kind of like had this mix going on. Yeah. But it was really great because it really exposed us to more people that were in the area, people that 
already had an idea that they wanted to stick around some people that knew it was just going to be a temporary thing so it was just that was really the start I feel of my what I would call like my community in Barcelona that's awesome it kind of just shows like the ups and downs of like the different years that you can't just take one year at face value you have to kind of like sometimes stick it out if you really are committed and kind of see how it it goes and I've only ever had experiences where I've stayed for a year so I do question sometimes a lot like if I would have stayed longer even in this one like what my life would look like you know and whatnot and like what would my year two would look if I would have stayed but that's a different story (laughs) (laughs) and your final year which I know which is something that a lot of people probably experience that they want to stay and continue their life there, city or the country that they chose. But because of bureaucracy of technicalities, there's always issues and you legally can't stay in the city or the country that you have built your life in and want to stay. And I know that recently that's something that you have you know, gone through and that's a process that you've been dealing with the last couple of months. So how has that been like for you and what was that like in that moment? dealing with that I think like when it comes to my the immigration part of my move to Barcelona even from the beginning because Mm -hmm. when I originally went I didn't even have my student visa I went as a tourist which is why I had to go in and out a lot every time every time I had to do a renewal there was always an issue and it was just very disheartening because I was like things are going well on like my personal side like I feel like I'm making moves on like my professional side but it's just like the actual living part that is just so difficult to just have like this easier straight way of doing it and yeah there are definitely lots of tears lots of angry moments lots of like this like why am I doing this like I could just go and it wouldn't be so difficult I think like just because I knew I didn't want to live in the U.S. and I've known this pretty much my whole life which some people think I'm crazy for but whatever no same here I always knew (laughs) so and and I was and I had a community in Spain. Um, my current partner lives in Europe. So it, it like all of the things just kind of made sense that I and, and I just felt happy. So I wanted to stay. And unfortunately, like you said, and I was denied again. And so I I left uh, there. I was working with an immigration lawyer who was trying to come up with different solutions, like study more or this and that. But there comes a point where I'm just like, I need to do the living part. I can't just do this back end thing because of a paper that I need. I need to actually continue doing what I want to do. And I can't do that if I'm always (laughs) trying to study and take tests and do this and that and the other. So yeah, so I, after getting the rejection, I was changing from having a student visa to then having a job seeking visa, which I knew at the time, like even that was going to be a bit difficult. I had a friend who had, who was going through that in the moment, but even switching from a job seeking visa to then like a work visa is also like a whole thing. (laughs) So it just seemed like every step was just only going to get harder. So I got denied for that switch of visa. And so I appealed it. And then I was denied for that again. And then in that moment, I felt like I had a decision to make. I'm like either going to have to study something else, completely leave or find like a a high paying job where then it's so much easier to switch from whatever visa you do have to a work visa. And I knew that I didn't want to study again. It's already been almost three years of me just being there studying and I'm like, I need to do other things. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to find a high paying job, not because I didn't want the job, (laughs) because I knew that I don't want to work 
for a company. I want to create my own thing. I wanted to finally really work on this blog, on my podcast that I put on like a very long <laughs> pause <laughs> on all of these other things that honestly feel like they fill my soul and yeah. working for somebody else just does not do it for me. So I felt like that wasn't really an answer. So there was only one answer, which was <laughs> to leave. And it took me a long time to really come to terms with it um, and be like, okay, this is what's happening and everything. And to not just want to be annoyed about it. <laughs> so when I left in June, the end of June to like go, because I had already planned to go to the U.S. to then mm-hmm. uh, go to Peru with my family and then just be in like the U.S. for a little bit before supposedly coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In that moment, I was during, I was like doing the appeal. So I I wasn't going to have an answer for maybe a few weeks or maybe a month or who knows exactly how long. So I decided though, that I was going to pack my things either way. Like I didn't know if if I was going to stay or if I wasn't, but Mm -hmm. I decided even if I am going to stay, then I guess I'll just find somewhere else. I was living, like I said, with my roommate. So we had a two bedroom. And so I didn't want to one, keep paying for rent for a place that I didn't know how long I was really going to be there. Right. And two, um, I didn't want to just leave her completely hanging. And, you know, if she could find somebody else that could live there and everything, that would be great. Yeah. So I decided to pack all of my things and kind of distributed it between um, her, like that apartment and then also my cousin's place. I think in a way I kind of accepted it at that point, even like maybe just like deep down, even if like I hadn't fully accepted it, like in my mind and everything. Right. Like, I'm like, even if I do leave, it doesn't mean that I can't come back to Europe right. in the other way, or maybe I could go somewhere else and that could also mm-hmm. be fine. Like, I I think the part that helped was that, okay, I have made a life here. And if I could do it here, and I've done it before in Peru, and I've done it before in New York, like, I can do this somewhere else, and it'll right. be okay. I still mm-hmm. know all of these people, I have all of these friendships, these connections, and I'll just meet more people and have new friendships and new connections so it'll be hard probably maybe but doesn't mean that it's impossible I love that and that's also like really inspiring because I think that's the scary part is that you know it just in general whether it's your first time moving abroad it's like you know am I going to make these connections am I and you will you do and it happens and sometimes you have to say see you later not goodbye and that's also hard but like you said if you can do it somewhere you can do it again and that also kept me motivated I think when I came here because I wasn't like a hundred percent coming like you've known the story I've told you but what I think gave me comfort was like I have done this once before and I know kind of what to expect in a sense so I survived it once in a way I can do it again I wanted to ask you how did Spain change you or I should say Barcelona how did Barcelona change you I think it showed me that what I had originally thought about not wanting to live in the U.S. and that there was something different and better fitting for me, mm-hmm. that that actually exists, mm-hmm. that I can find that. Even if um, Barcelona, I loved Barcelona for many reasons, and there were also many reasons why I did not like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm being honest, like no place yeah. is perfect, right? No place for is sure. be perfect and have it all. I felt like for me personally that the benefits did outweigh the the cons in this case, which is why I was working towards trying to stay. But it just showed me that there is more than what we feel that we know, whether it's a good thing, whether it's a bad thing, that wanting to take that step and seeing and finding out about these other places doesn't mean that 
we have to give up every like give up on everything that we already know and how we know things to be it also showed me that my community doesn't necessarily need to be from where I am the people that I've met come from all different walks of life they've had all different types of experiences and sometimes I think we think that our communities like we have to have similar experiences we have to have similar backgrounds similar maybe culture and everything like that but living in Barcelona it being such a big diverse city and having people literally from everywhere, whether they're there for a short period of time or a long period of time, taught me that I can really connect and meet and really interact with these people that aren't like me, that aren't like me at all. And I think I wouldn't have maybe, I don't think maybe I would have met my current partner if it wasn't for all of this. And honestly, so like, it, and we're really happy and like, we're really trying to plan some type of future and honestly I wouldn't have had that if it wasn't for for this (laughs) and the final question that you've been in the states for a couple of months and you can like look back at your three years there is there anything that you would have done differently I think like if I had been asked this question maybe five or six months ago I would have said yes and maybe even just a few weeks ago because there's sometimes where I was like maybe I should have studied digital marketing because I feel like that would be just so much more fitting with what I Um, do and everything and what I'm more interested in but honestly no Mm. I wouldn't have done anything differently because everything led to today and even though today isn't exactly where well not today today but like in general Mm -hmm. (laughs) where I see myself being at this point in my life all of the other things are exactly where I want to be so Mm. I wouldn't do anything differently that's perfect and I think we're gonna end it on that thank you so much Thank you so much for having me, Ashley. This was great. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in the next one. Ciao.